Hello, and thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, for the week of October 21st, 2018. The scripture lesson for the day comes from Psalm 100. Let us hear from the word of the Lord our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. 1994, quite a summer. It was the summer in which there was a work stoppage in baseball that led to the World Series being canceled. And you can make the case baseball's grip on society weakened so much. A month prior to that, the Major League All-Star Game was held at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thanks to my friend Greg Mancini, I got to go to that all-star game. Greg and, I sent, Greg and I sat not too far behind the American League dugouts. I'd gotten to know Greg, who was a business associate of mine. Cancel, 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 cancel. It was 1994, the year that Major League Baseball, for all intents and purposes, lost its grip on America. It was the year they had a labor stoppage in August that led to the World Series being canceled. The month before that, the All-Star Game was held at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was there thanks to the generosity of Greg Mancini, one of my dad's business associates. I had gotten to know Greg through attending various games at Three Rivers Stadium in a luxury box. And I was home from college at the end of my freshman year And Greg called me and said, hey, let's go to the All-Star game. And it was a great All-Star game. Back and forth. The National League was up two runs in the top of the ninth inning. Sold out ballpark, Greg and I looked at each other and said, well, this is pretty much done. Let's get on out of here. So we decided to go beat the traffic. We're walking out of the stadium and through the parking lots, and we heard the crowd roar. And we looked at each other. Turns out, the National League came back in the bottom of the ninth to tie. And then the game was won in extra innings. I have the ticket stub that says I was there. I have the program that says I was there. But I was not there. I missed that part of the game. Because I had assumed that I knew what would happen. And I missed a truly historic moment at the only All-Star game that has been played in a season where the World Series wasn't played. I've thought a lot about that night over the years, and I thought about it even more preparing this message, this message where we come to the second vow of membership that we make when we join a United Methodist Church, that we will support this congregation's ministries with our presence. And I wonder how often 
we fall into the same mistake that my friend Greg and I fell into at the 1994 All-Star Game. How many times do we find ourselves absent from truly miraculous things within the life of the community of faith because we're not there. I think sometimes we miss just how much God does within our community of faith, but it's not just about what we miss by not being there. But it's also a statement that we believe that God doesn't have something in store for us to bless others with when we're present in the life of the community. How many times do we really entertain the idea that God's going to use me this morning to bless someone? It's funny, a lot of times you'll hear talk about old school Methodism. The fact of the matter is, the founder of the Methodist movement, a man named John Wesley, would not recognize a Methodist who is not in worship every Sunday as being an old school Methodist. John Wesley would not recognize as an old school Methodist someone who was not in a Sunday school class or other Bible study that met weekly. John Wesley would not recognize as an old school Methodist, someone who did not have a small group that had the authority to ask us some pretty impossible questions. John Wesley would not recognize as a Methodist someone who was not present in the life of the church because John Wesley understood we have to be here. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great things in life. I remember as a child, we had a camp on Toledo Bend where we would meet my grandparents. Spent a lot of time at that camp. Lots of other things going on in the world. And yet, here is the second vow we take to be present. It comes before giving, before serving. Because we know and we claim the ministry of presence is absolutely essential if we are to be the community of faith to which God has called us. In this passage, today's passage from Psalm 100, we learn a little bit about what happens when we're present in the worshiping life of the community. You notice the psalmist starts out with this psalm of worship by saying, make a joyful noise to the Lord. There's one that says, worship the Lord. Enter his gates. Give thanks to him. You notice that it all points to God. That's the first thing we see today is that a disciple's presence points to God. Our time reflects our priorities. And a disciple's presence in the life of the church, a disciple's presence in worshiping, is a statement 
about a life that is pointed to God. We can get distracted in many different ways and go many different places. But the reality is when we gather for worship, when we gather in the life of the community of faith, we are pointing to God. It's something that people in our lives will know, they will see, that we mean it when we say that we try to love the Lord our God with everything we have and our neighbors as ourselves. But the psalmist doesn't leave us just at pointing to God. The psalmist shows us through his words that a disciple's presence is joyful and thankful. How is it that we are to be in community? How is it that we are to worship? We are to make a joyful noise. We are to come and to his gates with thanksgiving. A disciple's presence is joyful and thankful. For you see, when we gather as the people of God, we gather as gracious recipients of grace. We are joyful for the fact that we come together as God's beloved. We are gathering as thankful people because you and I know that all of creation exists out of God's grace. And by gathering together and being present, we push each other to be joyful and thankful for God's work in all things. We have to ask ourselves, where else? Are we going to facilitate this? Where else has God laid it out for us to be people who are joyful and thankful? Further on in this passage, we see, Know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. A disciple's presence reminds us of place in creation. A disciple's presence reminds us of our place in creation. There are a lot of people that make a lot of money telling you that the world is all about you. Your needs, your wants, your desires, your purpose, your goals. We live in a culture that was founded in many ways on the rights of every person to do as they please. To be masters of our own destiny. And yet, we are reminded by the psalmist and we are reminded by structuring our lives and our calendars and our time in such a way that worship is the starting point that God created us, reminds us of our place in creation. 
Out of nothing, God spoke everything, including you and me. Further on, we see that a disciple's presence bears witness to God's goodness and faithfulness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. We are reminded where we're present in the life of the community. We are reminded of these truths of God's goodness and faithfulness. Where else and how else would that be carried out? We further look and we see in the handout, and this handout that was in your worship guide came as a result of a triple dog dare by our Wednesday night Bible study. And I couldn't turn down a triple dog dare. They said, we dare you to put into the bulletin the 22 questions that John Wesley and his Holy Club asked each other. Take a look at these right now. Take a, look, take a good look at that list. How many of them do you really want to answer truthfully? That's what I thought. You know, do we, are we honest in all our acts and words? Do we exaggerate? Are we a slave to dress, friends, work, or habits? Are we self-conscious, self-pitying, or self-justifying? When was the last time we spoke to someone about our faith? Do we pray about the money we spend? Do we get to bed on time and get up on time? Do we disobey God in anything? How do we spend our spare time? Is there anyone whom we fear, dislike, disown, criticize, hold a resentment toward, or disregard? And if so, what are we doing about it? Not what are they doing about it, but what are we doing about it? Do we grumble or complain constantly? Yes, those are hard questions with which we are called to wrestle. But that is part of why one of the central tenets of being the people called Methodist is we know that left to our own devices, we're not going to deal with those questions. One of the reasons we believe firmly in the ministry of presence as one of our five core commitments is we know that we must have a community of faith who will ask us questions like these. As we say at the bottom, do I have a group of people in my life who ask me these kinds of questions and I trust enough to answer them honestly and without reservation. I have news for you, brothers and sisters. That ain't going to happen without the ministry of presence. John Wesley said it well when he said, Holy solitaires is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. The gospel of Christ owes of no religion but social. 
No holiness, but social holiness. Hear that phrase again. Holy solitaires is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. In other words, we are kidding ourselves if we believe we can have the life of faith to which Christ has called us. The life of faith to which the scriptures bear witness if we're not actively engaged in the ministries of the congregation. Worship, study, fellowship, accountability. Another saint of the faith, Henri Nouwen says, without Jesus, there can be no church. And without the church, we cannot stay united with Jesus. I've yet to meet anyone who has come closer to Jesus by forsaking the church. A disciple's presence points to God. A disciple's presence is joyful and thankful. A disciple's presence reminds us of our place in creation. And a disciple's presence bears witness to God's goodness and faithfulness. You should never leave a baseball game early because you think you know what's going to happen. And we must never, ever, ever delude ourselves into thinking that being present in the body of Christ is an option for the faithful Christian. It is essential to who we are. It is essential to the faith that we lead. It is essential also because when we do not engage in the ministry of presence and worship and study and service and accountability and all the other ways, when we are not present, we are making the statement that we do not need what God is providing through the men and women that make up our community of faith. We make these vows to support the ministries of our congregation. My friends, don't miss the home run in the bottom of the ninth because you knew what was going to happen and you decided to skip out because a disciple is present. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church, DeRitter, Louisiana. You can find out more about us at fumcderitter.org. Thank you and have a great day.